One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. the center of the galaxy. This is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Natsai for another edition of Star Wars Rank. Meeting guests, ranking things in Star Wars. Let's get to it and bring in the man who has been going through every movie with me and pulling out the best and most favorite lines of dialogue. It's Joseph Scrimshaw. Oh, I am happy to be here and talk about my most favoritist. Most favoritists, indeed. Uh, we... <laughs> 
stumbled onto this idea uh, not too long ago here. This is our third episode in this series uh, where we said, hey, for Star Wars Rank, let's rank our favorite lines from A New Hope. And you know what? When there's this many movies to choose from, it's so fun to do. We're going to keep going. And today, Joseph, we are focusing on Episode 6, 1983's Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Now, would you say, Ken, I know this is your first film. It's the one that you have a, a specific relationship to. Uh, when you watch the original trilogy, is it is it your favorite to watch right now? Interesting point. Definitely part of that grew up and suddenly was like, oh, that's right. Empire is better. Right. You're right. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've grown up now. Um, where friends like Mark Ellis are like, no, we win. Jedi's the best. Uh, and I can get behind all of it. And also with Star Wars, you don't lose as a fan. That's <laughs> a big win. Yes, I have a special relation to it and enjoy watching it. Case in point, first two episodes so far, New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, I poked around the movies, but I went online and just a lot of the lines I remembered because I love them. And, and sometimes you maybe need to jog your memory and look at a list of favorite lines or something or a Star Wars.com article. And you go, oh, that's right, there's that one. And then maybe it that draws you to a specific scene. I sat down, Disney Plus, brought up Return of the Jedi. I I watched the whole movie. <laughs> and I, you know, we can talk about the faults in place another time. But the other thing I discovered is this is the movie I probably could sit there, not completely from memory, I'm so bad with quotes anyways, but I could watch this film and just Rocky Horror Picture Show, this one more than any other one. Just say the lines, get ready for the moments, the movements, the eye movements, whatever it is. Um, this is the one. And I, I think you're right. It's that special relationship uh, I and a lot of fans of this generation have. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's, it's that one that always just reminds me that you can appreciate things in multiple different ways. Like, I think the sort of the Empire Jedi, like, A, there was that the now pretty much almost forgotten, it feels like, <laughs> generation of people who weren't happy with the Ewoks, didn't didn't like what Han Solo did, didn't like the way Boba Fett died. And, and there was a lot of, you know, uh, fan grumpiness about Return of the Jedi back in the day. Mm. Uh, so there's, there's that. But then there's also then the... Um, the Empire, Jedi, A New Hope, which is your favorite, uh, the uh, debate of is Empire, you know, the best. And I think for me, it's always just refreshing to go. You can enjoy these in different ways. I think Empire for me is a better made film, like mm -hmm. the angle, of the shots, the mood, the the amount of soul that Irvin Kirshner gets out of uh, the actors. Mm -hmm. um, all this kind of stuff. And there's some like shots in Return of the Jedi. I feel like oh, that's kind of flat or. It's kind of a, you could have maybe gotten more out of that moment. And like, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. But then I asked myself, like, well, when you sit down to watch both these films, do you enjoy them the same amount? Like, well, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, I think it's just okay to have, shockingly, different points of view, even on your own point of view, even on the way you enjoy things. Because, yeah. There's just such, uh, there's a joy to Return of the Jedi. There's a depth to it. Return of the Jedi has a lot of my favorite lines, like where that's not even like, it's, it's nothing really about the line is amazing. It's just like, I love the way it's delivered, you know, or yeah, certain eye, Luke's uh, eye look up to Leia right before he yeah. says sister, right? Like, bam, amazing, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, gosh, you speak, you're speaking the language of uh, that connects me here. Like, I just Luke looking away when Yoda dies and kind of turning back to it as it fakes its reality and, uh, and all the little, just um, all those little moments. Yeah, you're so right. And yeah, look, uh, my my relation to this movie has uh, has changed uh, over the years, and sometimes doubles back on itself. Where this was my favorite movie to watch. Where Empire was, even as a as a youngster, was a little uh, you know slower at times, and maybe you know I didn't appreciate it. Blah blah blah. But 
this one, uh, you know, there was a period of time of, oh, yeah, that's right. I guess I'm supposed to not like the Ewoks. And now I'm like, all Ewoks all the time. Give me <laughs> Chirpa. Give me Low Gray. Want to know it all. Uh, love their sacrifice. Love their part. And, and there's just a lot of fun uh, to it. Um, uh, and I think that's yeah a valuable valuable spot to end up on Joseph. Just you can you can look at these movies and and look at them from all different points of view. But it's Star Wars, and that's why we're here. Exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, that said, we are going to work our way five to one. You know the drill. If you're a Star Wars rank listener, we'll have some honorable mentions thrown in there as well. And as always, if we don't get a get to a line or a moment that you love, you know how you can share it with us because we love to hear that. Uh, do it online on Twitter or our Discord. We'll tell you about that at the end of the show if you don't know. Joseph, let's dive in here. We're going to rank our favorite Return of the Jedi lines beginning with your number five. My number five, uh, well, I already kind of uh, cheated and snuck it into our conversation. It is an <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi quote that, you know, kind of echoes out uh, backwards and forwards through the saga of Star Wars. It is Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Uh, could, have, could go to that whole point of view conversation. My favorite line could be Luke's dubious. <laughs> A certain point of view. Um, but I picked this line uh, because it's it's Obi-Wan diffusing the conflict and kind of not, not making it about uh, entirely about their conflict, but kind of also trying to give Luke um, a, a real perspective, a point of view yes. about points of view. And Obi-Wan goes on to elaborate and explain how, from his point of view, uh, Anakin uh, was destroyed by this different being Vader. That is his legitimate point uh, of view. And using that is, uh, you know, hopefully a life lesson for Luke. Um, a lot of fan debate about this, about whether Obi-Wan is being shifty or whether he's not, you know, uh, he's equivocating and, and kind of covering his half-truth. Um, but for me, I think the reason that I wanted to pick this line and start with this line is this is one of those uh, many philosophies that will bubble through Star Wars and then just gets really codified by a specific line. Mm -hmm. And going forward now, the the line itself gets reused. Uh, but now you kind of really have a label for this idea that floats around in Star Wars of how important a uh, point of view is. And it gets all traced back to this line. And I think uh, what what's powerful about it to me is a lesson that a master is you know trying to give to uh you know a young hero is obi-wan's not making sp any specific value judgment about it he's just sharing this observation that people have uh, you know their determined focus their their uh their focus determines the reality right yeah it's kind of another way of saying that of like some people really look at something this way and that's just a truth, good, bad, or otherwise. So if you want to try to have empathy with them, you have to try to understand how they're looking at it. Yeah. If they're an opponent and you're never going to agree with how they're looking at it, it's still important for you to understand where they're coming from so you can decide how you want to respond. Uh, I think there's just like such power and such wisdom in it that is both absolutely tied to uh, the way that Obi-Wan told Luke about the truth of his father but it's also just kind of so universal. It's real life wisdom and it reverberates out through Star Wars. Well, there's so many things I love about this line. And, and you could start with the fun debate about, hey, maybe George and company changed the plan of the story. And then, you, well, we've already said this new hope and how do we do it? And, and you could look at it that way. And, and 
They they had to look at it that way. And out of that comes like, oh, well, what are we going to do with this? And you turn it into something so powerful and true uh, that do, you're right, does continue to connect. It's not just a fun little wink and a nod to the line. This is a, a, a philosophical point of view from Star Wars, I would argue, right? And, and so to be able to take this moment, it becomes a... How best can we go forward? We have a choice here. How do we do it? And there, and I, I have fun with it. A little bit of Obi Wan going, "Oopsie, yeah, you know." Also, by the way, we don't, we didn't feel you were ready because even Yoda, moments before he dies, is still kind of like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Your, your father, he is. <laughs> like, we're right. Try, we're trying to work out the best way to give this to you because we we fear your reaction to it, which is valid from their point of view. And Yoda puts it in such an empathetic way of, you know, when when he says it's unfortunate, and Luke says, unfortunate I know the truth. And Yoda's like, no, that not yet ready for the burden were you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's so kind. And to me, that's all, always why I, I'm not on the bandwagon of Obi-Wan Kenobi's an awful liar, you know? It, or sometimes you hear the argument of like, Obi-Wan didn't want to tell him because they're just raising him to be, you know, the assassin of his own father. Right. Like, great you can have that debate but it is also coming from the point of view of like this young man can only take so much you know yeah yeah and and we're already look look what's already happened um so no i i think it works in a, in a lot of ways and yeah you're so right it's just this this one little moment becomes just a bumper sticker for a lot of other parts in star wars that come after this yeah, and, you, and it's so fun to see it not only when it's like explicitly referenced, like it's explicitly mm-hmm. referenced in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin says, well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. And Obi-Wan says, yep. well, then you are lost, right? But like this, this Im, the important truth of this is understanding not the moment where Anakin literally quotes the line, mm-hmm. but when he is reflecting the philosophy, like immediately after he, uh, you know, helps uh, Palpatine destroy Mace, he falls to his knees and says, what have I done? And then Palpatine's like, don't worry, don't worry. You know, you're going to learn these powers. You're going to save your wife. And Anakin immediately starts doing exactly what this line says, clinging to his own point of view. Mm. He immediately starts agreeing with uh, Palpatine that, like, you're right. Once the Jedi hear uh, what happens here, they're they're going to not only kill us, they'll, they'll turn on the Senate, too. And, like, yeah. he clings to this point of view that he needs to justify what he has just done, right? Yeah. And what he's about to do. It's clinging to a point of view. It's exactly what Obi-Wan's describing. And it's even more powerful to me than when the line gets called out, you know, directly by reusing the term point of view. Mm. It's much more rewarding when you're applying it to key choices that characters make. Yeah. Powerful word. Cling. Clinging. Cling. It's, a, it's very uh, visceral. You get a picture. It's not just, yeah. it's not just a cat hanging on a branch hanging in there. It's, it's, <laughs> it could be, it could be that, but a lot more. Right. And when you focus on cling, it's also an admission by Obi-Wan too to say, that's the truth that I cling to. Mm-hmm. For me to understand what happened to my friend, to cope with it, I think of it this way. Vader killed Anakin. He's gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I love what you say about, about also, this is this is a lot about Luke and what Luke's learning here, but Obi-Wan living with that for 19 years now. And, yeah, know, maybe yeah. we could explore uh, with uh, Kenobi. We, you know, we try not to cling to our own uh, expectations <laughs> for uh, Kenobi the series, but uh, this could be something that could come up. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So that's my number five. Uh, it's a great way to start the list. Uh, very, very uh, fun way, an important way. Uh, and uh, Kenobi, uh, ghost log sitting indeed, which is a fun <laughs> thing there. Uh, my number five uh, is, uh, is uh, it's a little series of, it's a, it's, a, it's a back and forth. And you and I could probably touch, uh, and we'll touch on some back and forth in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> uh, but this is... Uh, 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 Luke on uh, and Han on the uh, skiff out there by the sail barge. Uh, Luke saying, I used to live here, you know. Han saying, uh, you're going to die here, you know. Convenient. So <laughs> I th- was thinking about what do I want to, you know, put into this list. So number one, that's really funny. And that made that made Ken laugh, little Kenny, laugh in 1983. But more importantly, Joseph, in about 1990, 91, 92, when I'm now starting to perform in school plays and deciding what I want to do and making videos and radio shows at home, I really have to tie a lot of my humor, my David Harbour-like grumpiness to this Han Solo. <laughs> For better or worse, this is me kind of looking eh, dark-sided life a little bit sometimes, uh, being a... Uh, Cynical, sarcastic, if you will, whatever it is. I just love this exchange and Han just kind of just telling the truth. Well, you're going to die here, you know, no hope, no sunny, no sunny side up. Just <laughs> that. It's funny, but also works as a theme, good and bad. And it comes from Return of the Jedi, a movie I'm popping in the VCR time after time again during very formative years. So uh, thank you, Han. <laughs> there are a lot of great Han lines, a lot of great uh, Han moments in that uh, cynicism mixed with, ah, who knows? I'll try it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think I, what I love about this moment is it is comedy that hinges on our point of view. And there's a lot of little moments like this where we've gone through this journey with Luke and we, the audience, know like, yeah, no, he he, he went to, you know, a swamp planet and a Muppet taught him. <laughs> he's, he's real powerful now. And Han doesn't know any of that. He's just like, he's this guy, he, he can't even check out a meteor without needing to be rescued, right? Yeah. Uh, and we have that perspective and their whole vibe on uh, the skiff when they're, when they're zipping over there is Luke's got this, like now this much more Zen, like I've taken care of everything or if something changes, I'll adapt to it. It'll all be okay. And Han's just like, the hell are you talking about? Why are you calm? Like that contrast in their energy that we understand, but Han doesn't have a perspective to understand yet is so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it ties a little bit to that uh, the the muttered uh, Han. Uh, I don't know how we're gonna get out of this one, Chewie. One of your favorite Han lines too. Of just like it's more of that Han spirit than the uh, I don't know. We'll jump to light speed and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, like great, great. This is all great. Yeah, and, <laughs> it is very funny, Grump. Yeah, funny, funny Grump. And uh, you know, Return of the Jedi has some uh, silly moments that really hit for me at, at seven or eight, you know, he uh, Han tapping on three PO's shoulder, just hilarious to little Kenny. As he got older, uh, I could tell you, Ken didn't like that as much. It doesn't like that scene as, as uh, much over time, but these lines, this type of Han, this type of banter really does uh, stand up and stand out. And uh, that's what I love about it. So yeah, great one. That is my number five, which means we're up to your number four. Uh, my number four is, uh, man, this was hard to pick Palpatine lines because mm-hmm. all of them, because you talk about enjoying lines regardless of the content, just the delivery, that's every time Palpatine speaks mm-hmm. <laughs> in almost every film, but in particular Return of the Jedi. Uh, but I had to go to one of the ones that is, uh, that's real fun to quote out of context. It comes up, uh, randomly, uh, as a joke in, in many moments in life, but it has such great meaning in the film. It is, 
you want this, don't you? <laughs> uh, there's so many uh, ways to look at Palpatine, uh, but one of the things that he is so clearly in the majority of this film, his big scene here, uh, you know, with a uh, with Luke and Vader, is he is the temptation. He is the one going. It would be you could take care of all your problems if you just grabbed your weapon, you know. Mm. <laughs> And also, like, saying to Luke, it's such a great way to say that um, you can't deny what you are, you know? Mm -hmm. That Luke has uh, started this journey thinking what he needs to do is is become a warrior, a great Jedi warrior. And he's learned a little bit about that, but that's still there. Uh, and he's fighting against that, right? He's struggling for pacifism. And he knows this is a trap. He knows fear, anger, aggression uh, lead to the dark side. Uh, but also that lightsaber has, you know, earlier in this film, been this triumphant symbol of hope that he used to rescue his friend, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and just, it, it's such a great line delivery to play on all of that conflict, uh, going on in Luke of what is this weapon to you right now? Is it, you know, this, uh, this symbol of a hero or is it giving into the temptation of just hacking any problem apart with violence and with anger. So let me tell you something. I, I, all the years of you and I have discussed Palpatine, I, I, I love focusing here uh, more than any time I can remember. And if we've discussed it in detail, we've also got over a thousand episodes of details. <laughs> uh, Palpatine as temptation is just put that on a poster of the why of Star Wars. <laughs> Everything up to this point, and you're so right because every, all the lessons, all the whispers of uh, Yoda in his ear, uh, you know, uh, is Dark Side stronger? No, quicker, uh, easier, more seductive. And here you got uh, the old man, uh, you know, sitting here going, you know, this could solve your problems and the temptation in all of us uh, when you have these big choices. Wow, boom, there you go. And this line, because yeah, you and I could literally. And we have done our favorite Palpatine quotes. Uh, we could do it again and we could make a different list almost every time. And I found myself in, in writing down, you know, just kind of brainstorming ideas of, of lines to discuss. I just uh, I had at one point was like, oh, I'm, I'm just literally just quoting uh, Palpatine. I got to I got to stop um, <laughs> because that's Ian McDiarmid and the delivery and what he is and the big evil, the big bad. He represents power, represents this. But, man, this is almost a thesis uh, statement for the essay that is Palpatine. You want yeah. that, don't you? Yeah, and really, like, there's sometimes that he, it seems like, well, how could anybody ever go along with this cackling maniac with the rotten teeth? And, like, he successfully makes it about Luke. You want this, don't you? Uh, plus, it's just fun to quote. And, it, you know, I think about it when I see a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, that well, that's your number four. I'm going to slide, Joseph, if you don't mind, into my number four because we, do. we have synced up, and not just synced up with the character Palpatine. Good old sheath. We've synced up with the actual like chunk of dialogue, like <laughs> same paragraph. You want this, don't you? Kind of starts a, a, a block of, of dialogue and uh, ends with m my favorite line here of it is unavoidable. It is your destiny. You, like your father, are now mine. I mean, come on. That's the temptation. And it's, and, and, and Palpatine's offer, offering this choice, but his his perspective, his point of view, he's clinging to, of, no, 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 you know you have no choice. You really have no choice. The temptation's already within you, and I've already got you. And look at this guy in front of you. And it's one of the times that I can remember starting to see uh, Anakin or Vader really in a, in a tragic light 
Um, mm. and, 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 and you, you and I broke down the Star Wars scene by scene of, of the, of the, um, of, of Vader and, and Luke on the, uh, the balcony there when he gets uh, on, on the, on the hallway, when he gets turned in, um, to Vader by the Imperials there. And, and, you know, it's too late for me, my son, a lot of tragedy in that, but here the whole time it's like Vader's putting up the, you know, I power dark side, you're going to see it's your destiny, Luke, we're going to rule the galaxy. And, you know, and then here you got Palpatine just going, I'm offering you a choice, but guess what? You're already mine. And look at this pathetic black cloak wearing lump of failure. He's mine. I took him. I, I conquested him. He's a piece and you're going to replace him and you can't avoid it. And it's just, it's setting up everything that's about to explode in that throne room. And it gets me oddly, um, I guess, ex- excited for more Palpatine greatness, but also Luke's ultimate victory and Vader's ultimate redemption. I, a lot of it, I, I tie it to this line. Yeah, no, I think it's really powerful. Um, there's so many of these lines that have great weight and meaning. Uh, the delivery is beautiful. And this is one where the the beautiful, quotable, imitatable delivery mm-hmm. really supports the meaning, right? Because, uh, yeah. I mean, most some of the lines are just fun, right? I'm afraid the electricity will be quite <laughs> operational when you fr- Like, that's just, yeah. it, 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 it serves a narrative purpose, but it's also yeah. just like, you bleep. Yeah. Um, but this one ending on the you like your father are now mine, you know, it it's that that sense of uh, possession, control, yeah. ownership. It is, uh, you know, this sort of question hanging over Return of the Jedi is uh, Obi-Wan and, and Yoda seem to believe that once you start down, uh, you know, the path, the dark path forever, will it dominate your destiny? Uh, and here's Palpatine kind of echoing that, too, of like, all I need you to do is is give in out of out of fear of your friends dying i need you to lash out in hate just a little bit and Mm. you'll never turn back right so it's palpatine kind of raising the same argument that as soon as you give in and start lashing out in hate for just a little bit you're walking down that path and as soon as you walk down that path you're going to get addicted to the the Mm. dark side you're going to crave more power uh, and i'm going to offer you more power and then i'm going to torture you and then you get mad and I'll be this endless circle and I'll have you the way I've got your dad you know it's really saying something about the way uh the dark side works and what what Luke is wrestling with yeah and and I love the 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 play on that uh, that word destiny which can often be um you know we're a team of destiny it's my destiny to be the king it's my destiny to save the day uh all fun things that you and i love analyzing this idea of destiny just being choices and 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 and, and it's not uh, uh the ink is not dry right all these wonderful things that pop up in other uh, genres and, and and fantasy genres and fantasy properties i should say but to have palpatine just be like it no destiny it's real and you know it and you can't do anything about it and this is where you end up it's just it's just a real evil evil just poking the side of luke's soul for me it's it's just uh, taking away all hope yeah yeah very successful manipulation and fun to quote and fun to quote indeed just as as is fire at will commander uh Oh, Palpatine. Uh, so that is my number four. But now we're going to we're going to force ourselves to move on from Palpatine. Uh, check my <laughs> list. Yep. OK. Uh, to your number three. Uh, my number three is a bit of Han and Luke banter as well. This yeah. one has uh, one of those ones that I think kind of just as a kid washed over me in the theater. And I remember I've I've talked uh, a couple times about how uh, for one of my birthdays, we rented a VCR because we didn't <laughs> own one and rented uh, Return of the Jedi. And remember my dad figuring out like, 
okay, if I don't return this video cassette, it's eighty nine dollars. What? Um, yeah. uh, different times, different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we just rewatched. Uh, eventually, we watched the whole film, but we rewatched just the Jabba's Palace opening sequence. Uh, you know, half hour ish, uh, again and yeah. again. And it was on that VCR viewing where like this uh, sunk in and became like one of my favorite exchanges in Star Wars. And, and it's never really changed. And it is the, uh, it's, it's longer, but I'm going to boil it down to the conclusion. Uh, Han, how we doing? Luke, same as always. Han, that bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just great, straightforward kind of buddy banter. Uh, yeah. But it's also for me that little bit of the tip of the iceberg storytelling of, uh, especially when I was younger, of like, we only get to see so many adventures between, uh, you know, mm. with our rebels, Luke yeah. and Han and Leia. But there are these little moments that hint at so much more. You know, the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mantell. You know, the how we doing, same as always. That bad, huh? Certainly tracks to every moment that you've seen Luke and Han have together. <laughs> yeah. You know, in the two previous films. But it also suggests like, oh, man. Everywhere we go, we end up in a just dire, awful situation like this. And, you know, yeah. I think also as I get older, it's just one of those great moments where, you know, that that's the power of comedy sometimes is to really cope with a bad situation and kind of deflate it by laughing at it and taking some of its power away. And I feel like, you know, our heroes are doing that, too, of like, uh, so we're about to die. Yeah, it's Tuesday. We're about to die. What? You know, <laughs> it's uh, got that great vibe. Yeah, well, and 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 uh, cr- credit to uh to to Luke. Yeah, yes, Mark Hamill, but Luke just having his own bit of uh, you know, same as always, because he's uh, you know, Jedi starts. He's a, he's a little dark. He's a little dour. He's very serious. He's got some important things to do. But uh, have him having a chance to have a little crack too of uh, it just shows the 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 the, the wonderful uh, connection they have, like you were saying. So I love that part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's on like a, a few moments later in the skiff where they're kind of coming from different perspectives. They are they're in the same boat here, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then there's an odd confidence to it too, right? Sam's always that bad, huh? They know that <laughs> everything so far. Though, uh, Han has a little less hope a little bit later on. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and still, still a little bit of grumpy from Han. That that bad, huh? <laughs> always got to be some. Grumpy. Yeah. So that's my number three. All right. Your number three is that. Well, we're sticking with Han Solo, uh, one half at least, uh, for my number three. Uh, we are going to, uh, in Jabba's Palace, the reveal there as uh, this mysterious bounty hunter, Bausch, or you can call her Boosh, or you can call her Bausch, whatever you want. Okay. Boosh, Bausch, Boosh, as we always say around the Force <laughs> Center. Uh, Leia disguised as this bounty hunter, uh, saves uh, Han. That's uh, the big purpose that are all here. And uh, look, Return of the Jedi a little bit later on has a reuse of the I Love You, I Know scene. I don't have too much of a problem with that. I bet a podcast existed in 1983. That scene would have been, uh, I don't know. I think there would have been an interesting reaction to that scene following, the, yeah, following the classic uh, Empire Strikes Back one. I think, though, this is a very underrated follow-up to the Empire sequence when we first seen it together. Han just asking you know, who are you? Cause he's obviously blind, uh, carbon sickness, uh, f- feeling, um, the mask of, uh, Bausch there and just lay taking the mask off and saying someone that loves you. Um, and what that means for her, you, you, you've talked a lot, uh, spoken a lot, I should say, uh, Joseph, uh, of, of Leia not letting herself have that love. And that's the power, uh, as she, as she, you know, often doesn't sacri- sacrifices her own, uh, personal, needs uh, for the greater good and the greater cause of the rebellion and, and, and admitting that to Han 
in Empire Strikes Back is so powerful. And now it's just confirmed and it's part of her existence. And it's also part of the big picture, too. Uh, you can have both. And I think in this moment, uh, as she's saving, uh, uh, she is now the princess rescuing uh, uh, the, the, the scoundrel here. Um, it just means a lot to me as a Leia fan. And it's a, an underrated moment that I don't, I don't think it's celebrated as much as I mean, the Empire won for good reason. But then, you know, uh, this one's just the perfect follow up. It's the first time they're seeing each other since that moment. And it works for me. Yeah, I think there's some just great moments in Return of the Jedi that are these beautiful evolutions of Empire Strikes Back as, you know, good storytelling obviously should uh, have the characters kind of moving forward from one challenge. But, you know, Empire Strikes Back is just rife with this fear of of loss, you know, and I think that's what some of those early soulful moments are when, you know, Leia looking out uh, when the Hoth shield doors need to be closed, Han looking when Luke leaves with this kind of sense of of doom and fear for his young friend. Um, and then all these things get paid off as they, they survive, you know, they get closer together and now things that were kind of up in the air are not, you know, Luke is mm -hmm. set on his path. He made his mistake and he is trying to be a, a Jedi with the deepest commitment, the most serious mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Leia was trying to push away those feelings for Han. And now they're just like, Nope, no doubt. And it's so here in this line of like, you know, it's not, it's me, Leia. It's just, you know, someone who loves you making it very clear of what this relationship is. And it's so meaningful to Han in this movie and in the original trilogy, right? Yeah. Uh, but also connects to everything that we end up learning about this character of he believes in a world where not only will nobody come back for you, but they'll stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just the power that they came back for me because they love me. That's possible, you know? And a lot of that is is held up by this just great moment. Yeah, I love, I, you know, I love what you just did that connected to a lot of the lessons in Solo, A Star Wars Story. This is someone who has surprised him at this point, I think. They've come back from a deed, yes. Where are you now, Tobias Beckett? Where are you now? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I love the the flourish of music that comes in there. And, and Han's just utter relief. He's like, Leia. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, good moment. Yeah. Good moment. Very good moment. So that is my number three, which means we're up to your number two. My number two is a line from Leia Organa. It was hard to pick one uh, from this scene. I, I knew I was gravitating toward the scene between uh, Luke and Leia on the bridge, the the big and necessary reveals that, that Luke shares uh, with no half-truths. Yes. <laughs> all, all full truths, difficult truths. Um, uh, with Leia, uh, in the line, I considered a couple different lines, but I think the line that really stuck to me, uh, is what Leia says about her mother. Uh, Luke asks her to kind of start the conversation. If, uh, she remembers her mother and she says, just images, really feelings. Luke says, tell me. And Leia says she was very beautiful, kind, but sad. Um, it's interesting for me being the age that I am to have been able to live with that idea, that description of like, we know that obviously there's, there's a mother who knows it's a space movie. Then there could be other <laughs> means of procreation, Yeah, true. <laughs> but we know there's a mother she's acknowledged. And this is the small portrait that's painted of this important figure. Uh, and it, it speaks a lot to Leia. you know, she was very beautiful, kind, but sad. And it just kind of, such an elegant, simple line to get the picture of like, yeah, whoever this woman was, uh, we know that she probably loved her kids and something happened to her because she died. Uh, and she obviously had reason to be sad because 
<laughs> her husband is now Vader. Um, so it's always just such a great, elegant, simple way to suggest so much. Mm-hmm. It spoke to what Leia knew about her life. It spoke to, uh, you know, where some of the, the kindness and maybe the sadness that Luke and Leia are experiencing in this scene uh, also comes from. But then, you know, to go on this great Star Wars journey and have it reinvigorated. First, you know, like we meet Padme. Uh, when the prequels come out and then over time i've come to really love the character of padme she gets fleshed out even more in the clone wars animated series then you get into that canon thing of like okay well how does leia remember her and then you go back to what she actually said just images really feelings and it almost feels like it really does work of like she had dreams intuitive dreams you know yeah where she just saw her she felt her and she felt all these things that we know uh are true uh, of what Padme would have been feeling. Yeah. And it just it ends up being a line that really works well in the scene, just in this movie, but takes on all of these uh, great layers uh, in the whole Star Wars saga. Yeah, I, I, I could almost imagine, uh, you know, a, a, some kind of conversation in uh, 1997 or 98 with George Lucas of, well, okay, remember what Leia said? And he's like, yeah, I remember what Leia said. Images, really. I remember it. <laughs> I was there. Uh, and let's play around with that. And then not being uh, beholden at all to any, any uh, you know, uh, perceived detail here. Now, look, it's a, it's a pretty bold line that I grew up thinking that, yeah, Leia knew her until she was like four or five. Who knows? But I, I'm with you on that. And, and with, with the stuff, the way they've handled it going forward, the, the, that Leia comic all the way back in, what, 2014, 2015, the, the short run uh, series where she has the, 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 the visions of um, – Mall the, the the on Naboo, but also seeing the statues or pic, pa- paintings of her of her mother moving. Right, there's some connections there, and the mm-hmm. force works in mysterious ways. That's kind of the only answer you really need to tell yourself. Uh, and uh, Padme, we've seen in the Clone Wars, Padme uh, at, on Alderaan uh, on the balcony where uh, Leia will spend many years of her young life and how uh, the essence, the energy, uh, and the Force can find some way to connect it. And Leia, Leia growing up with the Force um, working inside her, but her not knowing that or understanding it, that, that too is going to account for those dreams you're talking about, or the images. Uh, and I think it's a, a wonderfully, uh, a tragically beautiful line as well. Yeah, and, and Leia's relationship to the Force being very intuitive and very... Uh, very much about connection, you know, across space and time, you know, yeah. of of sensing people and their truths, you know. Well, yeah, no, well said. She she uh, doesn't get to or doesn't have uh, those X button powers developed unless you want, you know, life saving X F one or R one button gets you floating back to the space cruiser. That's a power I'd like to have. Um, but you know what I mean along the way. Yeah, that that's a lot of what Leia's force is is is. Uh, deeper kind of connection that deeper kind of feeling hey finn don't you agree yeah yeah absolutely um and it's yeah and, and it's just a, a moving line that sets i think the tone for that that bridge scene and uh that the there's that little bit of almost hope for vader in it right because it's not like she's beautiful kind furious yeah. <laughs> kind but sad you know it's very supportive of who luke and they are so that's my number two that is your number two uh which means we're up to my number two and i'm gonna pull out a line from a bigger uh piece of uh a yoda dialogue so uh, maybe i can read the whole thing uh for context uh and it is uh, once you start down the dark path forever will it dominate your destiny i'll spare you on my yoda impersonation i don't do that for my palpatine one but but uh yoda says uh, to luke a jedi strength flows from the force but beware anger fear aggression the dark side are they once you start down the dark path for 
ever will it dominate your destiny. Luke, do not underestimate the powers of the Emperor, not the dark side, the Emperor, which are in there as well, of course, or suffer your father's fate, you will. I just love everything about it. I think it's uh, pulling that sentence out. Once you start down the dark path, forever will it dominate your destiny. Then that term destiny comes up, which to me, Yoda's just saying, you're going to have a lot of choices and that pull of the dark side is going to be easier and easier to go towards as you move forward on this path. Uh, and how, when you we touch that dark side, you got to be careful. And that never necessarily goes away. I think of Luke and episode eight, some of the bigger stuff there, but we don't need to connect it to all that right now. Um, but I just love that. And, and, and in terms of all Yoda advice that you can boil down to a poster or a motivational calendar on your business uh, office desk there, uh, do or do not. There's no try. All those wonderful, famous ones. I just have always really loved this one, uh, and uh, especially the, the the pain and sadness uh, uh, behind Yoda's uh, words here in this one here, and the, and the warning that comes out of it. Yeah, no, I think there's so much going on in in that specific line of "Forever Will It Dominate Your Destiny," and in that whole spiel. Uh, on my last watch through of the original trilogy to to study for a recent trivia contest, uh, watched Empire and Jedi just back to back and realized. Uh, some of the things he says right in that passage, he has already directly said almost word for word the same thing in Empire mm -hmm. to Luke mm -hmm. um, about anger, fear, aggression, the, the dark side are they um, in, in once you start down the path. Uh, and it's it's amazing to think of like, okay, said it to Luke when it was sort of like, uh, here's what's in the Jedi manual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way Luke... Uh, Luke uh, processed it, but Luke was saying like, cool, cool, cool. Uh, can you teach me some more X button powers so I can fight <laughs> the dark side? Uh, and now he's getting to say it to a Luke who has been through a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And now it isn't uh, just from a textbook. Now I think Luke can take it as real. Th those are the stakes. Luke gets it now. Luke gets why he had that vision of himself as vader as one and the same it's not just the familial choices it's the if you lead with aggression you're gonna end up being the aggressor like your father is yes. um and to, to hear some of those same lines said back to him now that he can understand a little bit more and i love everything about that that scene because there yoda is, is really he was grumpy and not sure about luke in empire and now it seems like he's been watching him he's like this kid turned it around yeah <laughs> He's got a, a serious mind now, you know, he's got great devotion and he's he's speaking to him with with such empathy. And the way he says, you know, the stuff about suffer your father's fate, it's less fear about the galaxy like it was in the Empire. And now it's more like, don't let that happen to you, man. Mm. <laughs> it's, it feels more about Luke. You know, obviously it is still about the fate of the galaxy, but the way Yoda is communicating it, it's like he's truly concerned about Luke's soul for yeah. its own value, not for its stake in this cosmic battle. Yeah, yeah. And look, not for nothing, too. Uh, and well said indeed, Joseph. But I, I love uh, when you got Yoda saying, do not underestimate the powers of the emperor. You can shoot right to revenge of the Sith. And hello, every little like uh, you know, he, yeah. Yoda's lost a fight here. He knows, he knows, he knows what's at stake. He knows uh, what can go wrong. Yeah, yeah. In in those comedy moments, my mind flashes to that look of surprise when the lightning's coming too fast for Yoda to block it in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> Wham! Wham! Hurts it does. Yeah.
Yeah. So yeah. a lot there, a lot there. You got to have some Yoda. And of course, as I've said before, but this was the scene in which my young sister at four years old started screaming, Yoda, yo, Yoda, yo. And we had to take her out of the theater because Yoda, yo, was dying. Oh, just uh, tough, tough. It is very, very sad. And Yoda goes for every award in his, uh, in his <laughs> death scene here. <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, so that is my number two, which means we are going to take a quick break here on Star Wars Rank. But when we come back, we'll have our number one choices and probably many honorable mentions, things that almost made the list. Uh, stick around here to Star Wars Rank. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. 
Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome back to Star Wars Rant. It's 128, and we are looking at our favorite lines from Return of the Jedi. Joseph and I have uh, given a, a lot of lines from all parts of the galaxy. Uh, sad, funny, memories, action, threats, temptations. Oh, there's a lot to cover in Return of the Jedi, which means we didn't get all of them on the list. Joseph, what are some of your honorable mentions? Uh, some honorable mentions are some fun ones. Uh, I know it's a trap is a classic. I, I love it. Uh, but even before it's a trap, it became uh, enough support around it where it was had this sort of a cultural reemergence. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> or not, not even reemergence, emergence uh, as a treasured line. Because as we've said before, uh, when people were coming out of the theater in '83, nobody was like, you know what, the best part of that movie is when the fish guy said it's a trap. It, that's one of those lines that became popular because people watched this movie again and again and again and discovered that that was a connection point that they liked this line. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all that is to say, for me, walking out of the theater in '83, uh, uh, the the Akbar line I always liked is, "Our cruisers can't repel firepower that magnitude." <laughs> yes. yes especially with the with the fin really uh making the point the flapper yeah making uh, the flapper point uh absolutely uh as an as an akbar uh stand myself and as a mon calamari stand myself uh this is a line that i both love but will also use as proof is why i don't think holdo should have been akbar because you cannot get a ton of emotional depth out of our closest power of that magnitude you just can't but it's a great line by a wonderful uh complicated leader i was reading a little bit more on akbar this week i just i was poking around wikipedia joseph and there's some thoughts on akbar kind of being oh yo it's even in the star wars archives book of, of lucas kind of describing akbar as a little on the cocky side <laughs> i thought it was fascinating to, to to and then you have a line like this where he's just like Mr. Confident, Mr. Cocky, maybe a little bit. Maybe that's why he and, and Raddus didn't get along back in the day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I want to know all about them. But just uh, just this this hopeless truth, uh, which also speaks to the weight that uh, Akbar's carrying in the battle. Yeah, yeah. And we both love that sigh. It's not a line, but that sigh when the executor goes down. Mm. Uh, another one for me, uh, kind of a comedy line, kind of a depth line. It's not intended as a comedy line, but in culture, it has sometimes become a comedy line. Yeah. Uh, but Mon Mothma's Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Um, I call it a comedy line from the, the sense that it, people quote it a lot and use it in different contexts for, you know, a jokey way to say that a, a price was paid elsewhere, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, people often have you know, like a lot of Bothan <laughs> theories and opinions. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're been there in legends. Uh, they've been, uh, according to some sources, uh, untouchable in canon, modern canon. <laughs> yeah. Just leave the Bothans alone for now. Uh, but the reason that I put it on on my list of favorite lines is not only is it kind of have that cultural weight uh, among Star Wars fans, I think the reason it does is because it's great 
tip of the iceberg storytelling again and the absolute weight with which uh, Carolyn Blackstone uh, uh, delivers it is what makes it resonate. If it was just kind of thrown off over the shoulder or whatever, it was just uh, said in any other way than, hey, we're reminding you that we are every step of this war, we are paying a price. And in order to honor the sacrifices that others have made, let's keep going forward. It's just that like before we get into a tactical briefing, mm-hmm. let's just really remember that people have sacrificed every step of the way to end this tyranny yeah it's it's a great why we fight moment right it's just like yeah it's it's uh you know it's almost like uh, i don't want to say like hey before before this briefing let's say a prayer but it's just a big reminder of the of the big picture uh absolutely yeah and uh and one and uh early on the playground at school uh saying that line to uh connect to other star wars fans yeah, like what's a bothin? Or like, uh, you know, I've talked to other people uh, who I don't know if they it was serious or if they're joking where they uh, misinterpreted it and thought uh, Manny was the first name and Bothins was the last name. Like uh, some scoundrel named Manny Bothins died. Yes, which doesn't have, that becomes a, a bit of a plot point in the the Tag and Bink series, right? <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't read those to to recently, uh, uh, Kevin uh, Rubia series there, but uh, I uh, I finally did, and yes, it's there. And as someone oh. who. Uh, Someone who despises kind of pawn or wordplay comedy like myself, um, uh, and I know you're not a huge fan either, Joseph, uh, it, it, it works for me on a very fun surface level. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those, like, it has this great weight, but you have to know, be able to infer what Bothans may or may not mean, right? <laughs> Otherwise, you might get confused. Uh, another one for me that just always jumps out, it's a many great Han Solo lines, but what I've always just really liked is the, hey, it's me. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, that yes. Uh, uh, Come on, that's just one of the best ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I mean, a lot of great Han Solo lines um, in this, but the uh, the when they're sort of, I don't know, he's in that place where you know something's changed now. Uh, he has seen that he is not alone. People will come for him. Tobias Beckett was wrong, uh, and we get a little of the kind of dramatic version of that of Leia realizing that he's all in, that he's in, you yeah. know volunteered <laughs> yeah. to lead the strike team. And then he's really trying to be like, I'm doing this. I got this mission. I'm in command. It's my mission. Don't worry about it. And like volunteers to be the one who sneaks down. And both Luke and Leia being so concerned of like, we'll do it quietly. Now, hey, it's me. And you immediately flash the guy who's, you know, <laughs> screaming uh, at a stormtrooper and running after him in the halls of the Death Star. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a great little bit of character comedy. Yeah. Love that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know you got a couple more here. I'll throw some out here. Yeah, um, please do. Uh, I love uh, kind of around the same time there in the early uh, moments of the, the Endor stuff here. Uh, I love 3PO after they're like, you, you stay here and, and, and to keep up his, uh, you know, golden God status. He says, I have decided that we shall stay here. Always <laughs> just love that. One of my favorite little lines of just uh, 3PO at that moment. 3PO finally getting a little bit of do return of the Jedi. But I love that he has to kind of save some face there. That's fun. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, the other one, I've said a lot, so it's no surprises on this list, but it's just, I, I've been uh, obsessed with it since I was a kid and, and just such proof of uh, your, your serious, uh, gritty Star Wars is also really silly. Uh, and of course, is when uh, 3PO emerges and is uh, uh, the Ewok scene for the first time and he speaks and the one Ewok says to the other, that guy's wise. Um, I just, come on. It's, I just, it's my, it's, it might be my most quoted line in Star Wars. <laughs> it's just, it's just silly. 
<laughs> it is. It's really silly. How do you how do you take it? Do you take it that um, he is saying something in Ewokese that happens to sound like that guy's wise, or do you think this is an Ewok who understands some basic? I, I've always uh, a little bit of maybe a lost in tran- translation, but also. Yes, I, I look. I like this idea that even three PO and his befuddled kind of confusion here has said something that makes sense to them. <laughs> nice, that. nice. Uh, I some, like it. Some other ones. Uh, you, uh, you mentioned uh, it's there's great import, importance behind uh, uh, Crick's mating, saying General Solo is your strike team assembled. Mm-hmm. Leia looking at this man she loves, who's now finally committed to a bigger cause, and and the whole big theme be behind it there. And I just love what that line represents beyond just a, 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 a you know, tactical uh, a situation going on there. Oh yeah. That's great. Uh, tip of the iceberg storytelling. You've got to mention uh, Lando saying someone must've told them about my uh, little, my little maneuver at the battle of Tanab. Uh, just, you know, I love that. I love what it meant then. Just like, like you said, you, you'd spend hours staring to the ceiling, uh, up in the ceiling as a kid going, wonder what the battle of Tanab was. And what did he <laughs> Yeah, what did Lando do at Tanab? Yeah, uh, one more here, then I'll kick back to you, and then I'll close up the shop here on Honorable Mentions. Uh, I do like uh, Han saying, come on, let's keep a little optimism here. Uh, we got a lot of different versions of Han all the way through this, right? He's uh, he's a little dour, he's a little sarcastic, a little cynical, but also like, hey, you know, it's me. Let's not forget, we'll, f- we'll figure it out. We'll figure a way out here. Let's keep a little optimism here. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. And, you know, he and Luke are in such a different place there, too. It's great. Yeah. So uh, a couple more on your list, I'm sure. Yeah, I had to mention, uh, I've talked about it a lot before, of uh, just the rhythm of it and the truth of it. Uh, so many lines in in Yoda's uh, uh, scene of uh, passing away into the Force. But that is the way of things, the way of the Force. There's just kind of like a, there's such a piece to it. You know, I found it comforting even as a kid and I find it comforting as an adult. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, out of uh, 3PO's whole storytelling montage, which is so great, I think the line that jumps out to me is, uh, Han Solo, T-Glow, Carbon. <laughs> uh, so I love this line. And if you had already, if, if you and I were in the same class in like, say, sixth grade, but we didn't know each other, I just moved to town. I'm new to <laughs> the Minnesota, greater Minnesota area. And I heard you say that and you did also the hand gesture. Of, <laughs> I would have been like, I could be friends with that guy. <laughs> right. That would have been that shared, unique journey I always talk about. I love that line. Yeah, it is so good. Uh, and uh, two other ones I want to shout out there really quickly. Obviously, there's great weight and meaning to it, but it's just the delivery uh, for a Vader line. I think James Earl Jones, Return of the Jedi might be his greatest performance as Vader in my book. Uh, the absolute weight he has on sister. Oh, it's, yes, yes. Right? The first time he says it, it's such an important idea he sells it. Mm-hmm. And the last one is kind of a line. I realize I wanted to include a Jabba one. Uh, there's some great Jabba lines. But I really like it when Luke is kind of offering him his last chance uh, mm-hmm. out on the, the skiff and, and Jabba's on the sail barge. And we cut to him, Jabba, just very briefly. And he's kind of mumbling, kind of laughing. He's like, <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> you don't understand anything he's saying. It's not translated. But you know it's like, you're not a Jedi, you idiot. Yeah. Uh, and it's just that moment of doubt before the comeuppance. Yes. Oh, that's great. Um Rolling through a couple of mine here. Uh, we, this could go on for a long time. Uh, the, speaking of job outlines, I love this bounty hunter's my kind of scum, fearless and inventive. Just I've always been drawn to that. Uh, so great. So great. Uh, and then uh, Luke, too, if, uh, uh, you should have bargained Jabba. This is the last mistake you'll ever make. Just a really strong way of saying I gave you the choice and now I am philosophically OK with destroying you. Uh-huh. 
it's really clear. Like I tried to uh, do a money deal, tried to sneak him out. Yeah, yeah. I'm offering you again, one and last chance. I, I know I've told the story, but uh, you know, if, if, for record here, discussing Return of the Jedi lines. I'm just a friend of mine, uh, my pal uh, Mark, back in high school. We we're big Star Wars fans, and and we were heading to class after lunch. The lunch bell rang, and there's just a horde of students around. And he had to go one way, I had to go one way, and it looked like you know Luke and Han being you know shuffled out to the sail barge in this moment when the line's delivered. And he and I just made eye contact and like both at the same time said, this is the last mistake you'll ever make. <laughs> it's like, that's why we're Star Wars fans, right? Those are the moments. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. That's I, so I great. Promise just a couple. Yeah. yeah your overconfidence is your, is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. That's just a one. They talk about Palpatine's Luke banter. That's my favorite one there. <laughs> yeah, and they're both right potentially. Yeah. What's going to say? It's one of the only times where I'm like, yeah, Palp's got a point there, Luke. Palp's got a point. Um, uh, and then the final one for me. Swear to God, final one. Um, <laughs> Vader saying to Luke, uh, saying to, to Palpatine when they're discussing, you know, hey, the the the, the small team of, of rebels has infiltrated the Shield Generator. Uh, when Vader says, "My son." is with him. Now there's a lot of storytelling now of when Vader found out and this kind of a, a, a cold and occasionally hot war between Palpatine and Vader and who knows what, and, and adds, and adds, I think wonderful subtext to the conversation they have in Empire Strikes Back. But I think nothing, you, you did nothing of this new canon undercuts this moment where Vader is just, I think kind of dangling that in front of him of the connection to, to my son is, 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 is a little more powerful than uh, even you can foresee. And uh, not that I'm saying in this moment, he's saying, Hey, I'm, we're both going to kill you, but just like it, it's Vader kind of reminding him of the connection to me. Yeah, no, there is the language. I think return of the Jedi is really well written uh, dialogue wise, obviously, since we're talking about all these great lines, but there are a lot of little, little moments in, in the language that are important. And I think, yeah, Vader's saying, you know, at Skywalker's with him, but my son is very, very, it's showing us his journey, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. So there you go. Honorable mentions. We could have done a whole show on honorable mentions. <laughs> yes, again, Return of the Jedi, pretty darn quotable. Probably because uh, how long it lived with uh, most of us for sure. But uh, as you just said, uh, really uh, well written in terms of uh, fun uh, but meaningful dialogue all throughout. So with that said, we are going to get to our number one choices for our favorite lines in Return of the Jedi. I'll go uh, uh, with my number one here so that you can close out the show, Joseph. My number one is from Anakin Skywalker. I thought long and hard. How do I close out this list? What um, has some meaning? What what uh, can I take with me from this uh, movie? And I didn't grow up necessarily quoting this one as a fun line but it has a lot, has a lot more meaning now, and uh, especially as you get older, uh, this whole sequence with uh, Luke taking the mask off of his uh, father and um, the, the line of Anakin, if you already have Luke, you are right. You are right about me. Tell your sister you were right as he passes away. Uh, that, that whole, you were right. You were right about me, which also uh, confirms perhaps some of the stuff that maybe Kenobi held on to, but definitely the stuff that Padme believed in her heart. You and I love that uh, last little moment in Revenge of the Sith telling Obi-Wan there's still good in him and, and how that carries through. And Luke carries on that belief all down to, boils down to this sad, uh, very tragic, uh, yet uh, heartwarming moment. Uh, you were right. You were right about me. And then tell your sister, the person who I just dangled in front of you as a perhaps uh, um, a temptation to get you to the dark side. Uh, tell her you were right about me so you guys can carry that legacy forward or that memory forward. Uh, I know. I just love it. Uh, I move it. Uh, it moves me. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't care whether it's Sebastian uh, Shaw's eyes or uh, Hayden Christensen's eyes. I really don't. I just love this moment. 
Yeah, no, it is. It's every little beat of that is so powerful, so well done. But as the the saga grows, uh, I'm so happy that that moment is there that uh, includes Leia because it's so important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it works if if there'd never been any prequels, it all works. How the idea of uh, of Luke's attachment uh, does it in his insight and in his intuition uh, does him credit, but it could be made to serve the emperor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody like the emperor can twist the idea of, of saving what you love, defending the people close to you into uh, in order to protect them, you lash out at what you hate and you just become all about hate. Like that's the, that's the central question. Uh, it becomes even more powerful when we realize uh that what's happening in Return of the Jedi is a short game version of the long game that Palpatine played on Anakin. So all of that is at stake. It was at stake in Empire Strikes Back when Luke left to uh, to save Leia, ends up being saved by Leia, and then it boils down into, oh, wow, Vader almost gets him. He almost breaks his son the same way he was broken. And in that moment, mm-hmm. yeah, his daughter is a tool to win this game. And then to have not only the confirmation that Padme was right. When Kenobi tried to reach me, he was right. When Ahsoka tried to reach me, she was right. When you just really wouldn't give up on me, Luke, you were right. You know, Mm. such an important statement about himself. But then as a Jedi, to kind of die more with the selfless concern of like, uh, attachment isn't a weakness. It's a strength, which is why this all happened. Mm -hmm. And tell your sister that not just about me to give her comfort, but almost more tell your sister that, you know, seeing attachment as a, a strength is right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. So much to it. Uh, and I cannot recommend enough. I always do read the novelization and the tears of Luke feeling like rain to his father in that time. Uh, beautiful little moment. A lot there. Yeah. A lot there. Uh, but that is my uh, number one favorite uh, line in Return of the Jedi. But that means we've got your number one. Joseph, what do we got? Uh, my number one is uh, kind of two lines, but mainly one line. I'm cheating a little bit. Oh, I think uh, <laughs> is that accepted? That's accepted here. Right? Okay, good, good. Ran it by the host. Uh, <laughs> I can I can cheat a little bit, everybody. Um, my number one is... Uh, in exchange between Luke Skywalker and and Palpatine, uh, we've shared a couple of these, but this is the big one for me. It is Luke Skywalker saying, uh, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Uh, Palpatine taking that in as Luke just stares him down and responding, so be it, Jedi. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so for the Palpatine side of it, it is just, I, I really went through and was like, what are my true favorite Palpatine lines? And and that is both in meaning and delivery. Just one of my absolute favorites. It's the way he spits Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. it's just that unique, weird delivery. Kind of just classic uh, evil wizard you wouldn't want to meet in a dark forest, but he's on a space station. <laughs> uh, voice combined with these weird slowdowns and speed ups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes it really unique and really funny. And it's there in that line of so be it, Jedi. And it's just, it, uh, it's said with such hate, but it's also that moment of him being like, all right, well, plan, plan A, convert you failed. I always got plan B, which is just kill you. And it's, it's all in that line. 
So wanted to highlight that. But the the one that is most important to me is is Luke saying, I am a Jedi like my father before me. Mm. Uh, when you watch the original trilogy, you know, it does. Uh, we know all the behind the scenes story and we know how much changed. We knew there could never be another. There might never have been another film yeah. after A New Hope. We knew that the change was made to be like, yeah, no, it works. We're going to make uh, mm. Vader his father. Yeah, we wanted there to be another, you know, it makes it works. We're going to make it be Leia. Um all of those changes and through those uh those adaptations yeah. <laughs> uh those evolutions uh the through line of what luke wants and why in the journey he goes through is so strong right yeah. um he's he's told about this possibility of becoming a jedi like his father he's encouraged to follow that path with obi-wan he discovers uh, what the empire has done to his aunt and uncle and he tells obi-wan i want to learn the ways of the force and be a, a become a jedi like my father um that's his stated goal and then empire is so much about he thinks that means become a great warrior like my father and kill the bad guy oh the bad guy is my father mm. <laughs> and being a jedi is not about being a warrior it is about truly understanding you know what you're fighting for is about knowledge and defense it is about truly fighting for the light and return the jedi is framed so well to be this question of can luke reach his father or will he need to give in and kill his father Mm -hmm. and the the just the utter triumph of i finally understand what it means to be a jedi this is what i've wanted for a long time but i didn't understand truly what it was that I even wanted. And I do now I've passed the Jedi trial that Yoda sets for me earlier in this film where Yoda kind of laughs at me like, yeah, no, you're not a Jedi yet. You, you have to go through this trial. You have to face your father. And depending on how you deal with that, then you will be a Jedi. And it's just, it's just such a great fist pumping moment of, of he succeeded. He, mm. uh, you know, he, he resolved the conflict between himself and Vader, at least in the way that, he needed to and passed his Jedi trial and just the strength of, of him not only proclaiming I completed this journey that I said I wanted to, but now I understand what it is. Mm. And it's a journey that is about, about legacy. You know, it's not just, I'm a Jedi now I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, I truly understand who my father is, not just the idea of my father, but my real father mm. it, it, and honoring him as well as sort of touting his own victory. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well said. Uh, it doesn't even uh, uh, capture how I feel about what you're describing here because it's to me this these are the com- combined. These two lines are the uh, perhaps uh, entire, uh, not entire point, there's so many other things here in, in the original trilogy, but this is the journey. This is Luke's journey in many ways. Yes, Leia, and we we celebrate Leia, we celebrate home, we celebrate Akbar, we celebrate them all. <laughs> this, it all builds to this and what it means. And and uh, I, I, th- I, I take Palpatine, uh, his spitting out that word. He would know what a true Jedi is. He's been dealing with them for a long time. And I take it not as quite as a principal giving you the diploma, but it is someone going, yeah, you know what? You're right. And I've hated you Jedi for so long. So you're the, I'm going to kill you now. And it's a, and it's a weird kind of confirmation of this journey for me. Uh, and it's just a powerful moment. Luke, the lightsaber being thrown down. And, uh, you know, uh, I think your relationship to this moment might change and grow over your life as a star Wars fan from when you first saw it as a kid and to discovering uh, some of the more depth behind it. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to this line, but it is to me in many ways, it is, uh, the core of these three movies and particularly, uh, this wonderful movie that uh, brings it all home. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're saying some great things that, that make me, you know, also want to approach these lines from just this real simple perspective of uh, a Jedi is somebody whose connection to hope uh, can't be broken with the threat of fear. Mm. And that's what Luke just demonstrated. And for Palpatine, that's the scariest thing in the world. Right. So like, yeah. oh, yeah, uh, I cannot drive the hope from you. So I fear you. So you got to go, Jedi. <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number one. I am a Jedi like my father before me with a little side of so be a Jedi. It is uh, the best way to end our look at our favorite lines in Return of the Jedi. And yes, this series will continue uh, to go on here whenever Joseph and I are sitting down for Star Wars rank. We're going to go through them all. Uh, uh, we're going to go uh, through release order. So up next. Phantom Menace. Why release order? It gives us as uh, longtime fans just a little uh, help uh, context clues to remember where we were when we saw some of these lines and maybe how we've uh, grown with them. Uh, and that's going to be fun. So we are going to be looking at the Phantom Menace next, diving in through the prequels here on Star Wars Ranked. Always a lot of fun to highlight the lines we love that we know you connect with as well. Uh, we are Force Center Pod. Uh, you could be, uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, under that name, Force Center Pod. Uh, use that hashtag Star Wars Rank. Join this conversation and tell us your favorite lines as well. We are Instagram and YouTube as well. And our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Force Center. And you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash Force Center from there. There, you can also get into our Discord, where a daily conversation with a wonderful community of Star Wars fans happens, including a Star Wars ranked discussion. So pop on over there if you want. You can follow me at CatNapsock or go to CatNapsock.com for information on all the things I'm doing, including upcoming comedy shows. Uh, can definitely confirm New York on October 7th. And I do believe we got San Francisco coming up in Washington, D.C. in the future as well. That's your spot to get ticket links if you want to see me do some jokes and yuck yucks when I come to your town. Uh, Joseph, uh, what do you have? Uh, I, I wish that there were a, a creature in Java's palace called a yuck yuck. It feels like there should be a creature named yuck yuck that we all had an action figure of. There's there's a lot of Star Wars still to come, and I think our hope for a yuck yuck existing is still is still there. For now, go see Ken's Yuck Yucks in New York. That's going to be a great show. Uh, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website for all my other comedy adventures at josephscrimshaw.com. That is it. All right. We've got our lines down. We'll move on to the Phantom Menace. That's it for this week, my friend. Star Wars has been ranked. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.